All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Yukong Connect podcast. This is, of course, the voice of Michael Lilly, uh, joined, as always, by Brother Neil Height. Hello, Neil, everyone. How's, how's your Christmas? Man, I had a great Christmas. Uh, got to spend it with our kids. We've got to spend it with her only sibling, her brother, my mother, her mother. We just got to see everybody, and that that really made it special. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was just telling Neil that Kate had a really great Christmas. Carver's only three months old, so he is just, he's just <laughs> he's still there. oblivious to yeah. it, right? But uh, Kate had a really good Christmas. He got. I was telling Neil he got real sick of opening presents because. He wanted to play with his presents. He didn't want to open presents. He wanted to play. So, But we made it, and Kate has had these last two days to just do whatever he wants. And it's just really, really, really awesome to get to see the world through the eyes of a, a two-year-old um, and the things that they find enjoyment in. But maybe that's another topic for another time, Neil. Um, <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell us, fill us in on what's going on with UCOM, uh, who's going where this week, and who's been where last week. All right. Well, last week was December 24th, which was Christmas Eve. We had the lightest, I think, we've ever had since I've been here. Just one person, Michael McCormick, covered Beach Grove for us on Christmas Eve. Now, the tune changes this coming Sunday, the last Sunday of the month, December 31st. I'll be at Chestnut Mound. Dennis Hood will be at Stone, Beach Grove, uh, AC Allen will be doing, and then Michael, I believe you're at Burstown, is that correct? That is correct. I'll be at Burstown with family. Uh, my great-granddad has gone there basically since they opened the doors. Really wow. His family. Uh, has always gone there. My great uncle goes there. So yeah, I've got a lot of family there. And uh, it's actually, funnily enough, my my immediate family, so my parents and their kids, moved around a lot when I was growing up, and that definitely has not slowed down. Uh, they they adopted three kids later on, and they still move around all the time. They moved to Florida back in June or July, maybe. And have already moved back uh, as of last month. So they they're staying with my granddad. He's uh, he's 92, 93 years old. Uh, so he doesn't get around like he used to. Can't do as much as he used to. So uh, it's nice to have somebody there with him. He for a couple years, one of his sons uh, stayed there, but he he passed away in a motorcycle accident. Hmm. Then he had another son who had been staying there with his family, uh, but he was diagnosed with um, leukemia, so he had to kind of get away so he could they could all you know focus on themselves. So my parents have moved back in uh, out there, but that means uh, they say that they're going to come to church on Sunday, uh, and anybody who knows me knows that I I grew up Mormon, which means that. My parents are practicing Mormons, and so for them to say they're going to come to church out there uh, and hear me preach, 
I just pray that I can preach the truth. Uh, Absolutely, and I, you know, that's that's the desire of, of everyone who claims to follow Christ is that they want to preach the truth. Yeah, and as long as you stick with that book, you're you're safe. Ironically enough, you talk about sticking to that book. I, I will be sticking to that book. I've been uh, studying and preparing a series of lessons. <laughs> Ironically enough, from the book of Galatians. Oh, boy. So we will be in Galatians chapter 1 uh, right. this coming Sunday, uh, speaking to Mormons. So if you, uh, you, you, you might understand why that's ironic. I encourage everybody to go read Galatians 1, uh, about verses 8 and 9. Uh, check that out. And, and if you know anything about the Mormon church, you'll know why that's maybe a little ironic. Uh, but anyway, uh, I want to hit on something before we go. You were talking about that uh, they had moved in with your your grandfather, yes, yes. and he can't do. You know, I, we live in a world today where folks are mighty quick to discount older folks. Yeah. To put them in facilities, and don't get me wrong, there are times you you are not capable of providing the care that they need. That's different. Yeah. But I think it's so important. We remember they spent their lives taking care of us. And And, it brings me back to what Paul told Timothy. If if you won't take care of your own, you're worse than a heretic. Yeah. And we need to keep that in mind. And I don't think that was, that's just blood family. I think that's that's our own. Exactly. Yeah. But that's, again, that's a lesson from another time. Yeah. You had some ideas of some things you wanted to talk about today. Let's let's uh, get into them. Yeah, so Christmas being behind us uh, now, and we're looking forward to uh, starting a new year here within the next week or so. Uh, so I wanted to, to maybe spend a little time and, and share just a few thoughts today about New Year's resolutions. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, whether or not... New Year's resolutions are scriptural, uh, whether they're a, a help or a hindrance. Um, I don't know, Neil, why, why, don't you, why don't you open us up and give us just some thoughts about New Year's resolutions in general? Well, I think uh, when you look at Scripture and, and you find out things that, that maybe you aren't doing the way you should be doing, maybe you're not accomplishing what you're supposed to be accomplishing or you're doing something that you've decided, you know, that probably is not the best to glorify God. We all make resolutions. And our resolution is, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, I'm going to do better. And you know, when you think about it that way, I think it's good to make resolutions and to have an eye on the prize, to understand, hey, I've resolved not to do that anymore. But you know, that brings up Romans chapter 7, and Paul said, what I don't want to do, I do, and what I do not wish to do, I'm in the middle. Paul was going back and forth, and he said, you're going to battle. Yeah. So you can make your New Year's resolutions, but understand that instead of it being a straight linear path to that goal, there may be some hiccups along the way. Yeah. I, I think if you if you go about your life having no goals... And nothing that you're striving for, uh, nothing that you're aiming at. I mean, then, then what what are you doing? What 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 gives purpose to the things that you do or the things that you say? Um, I think it is important to uh, to have goals. Uh, it, when it comes to um, 
you know, understanding that it's a battle, that this is a fight, that we, every single day, are engaged in spiritual warfare. Um, it, it reminds me of something that um, that I heard. We, I work at I work at Lifeway, and uh, every twice a year, um, semi-annually, we have what they call the One Lifeway Gathering, where everybody comes in, and it's it's basically a work conference. They have guest speakers, workshops, things like that, uh, and it's just some time to get to spend with your teammates because. It, in 2023, 2024, everything's virtual now. Everybody works from home. <laughs> uh, so it's nice to get to see people and, you know, get to hug them and shake their hands because, you know, you develop these relationships. But anyway, um, one of the guest speakers uh, this last time told us about how a couple years ago, him and his wife and by extension their family had made this resolution that they wanted uh, to really put some conceited effort in growing closer to God and being more in tune with His Spirit and doing and going to the places that God was was leading them to go to and to really embrace that, embrace their calling. And then he starts talking about all of the awful things that him and his family started experiencing it was right after they made this resolution that COVID hit, and he's a he's a pastor at a very large church uh, in Hendersonville, and you I mean you can imagine what what COVID did to to our churches. Right, right. And, you know, they're just because they're a larger church doesn't mean that they were affected any differently. So um, that was hard, um, but then things started happening to his family personally. Uh, all the fish in his pond at his house died. That he had had his pond stocked. All the fish died. He waited a day before going and cleaning out all the fish. And the very next day, his yard, his house, his barn, everything was covered in buzzards and vultures oh. after those fish. Um, lost his best friend. Lost his father-in-law, um, and just so many other personal challenges. And he said all that to say that when you make this resolution and you have this goal that you're going to grow closer to God, that's that's what you want to do. That's who you want to be is a servant of Christ. You need to understand that Satan can't allow that, and that he is going to do everything in his power. To try to drive you away. So I, I think it's very important to remember that, that we're in spiritual warfare. And, and I had this conversation with Lexi a few months ago when I, I kind of had this renewal, this reignition of my faith, so to speak. And, and I said, don't be surprised if things start to get a little hard coming up. And lo and behold, Carver was born several weeks early. Now he he wasn't sleeping well, sick all the time. He's now we find out he's allergic to cow's milk, extreme acid reflux. Oh, bless him! Uh, and, and then not long after that, Kate ends up with RSV. Then Carver ends up with RSV. Then we all I end up super, really sick. Lexi's um, getting over some things now. So I was like, babe, I told you. <laughs> 
told you, you start trying to grow closer to God and things are going to start happening. I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, people may think I'm crazy for saying that, but I think there's something to that. Well, and it, you look in Scripture, and <laughs> it's not what's preached in a lot of pulpits today, but you look at the Scriptures and uh, folks who truly wanted to follow Christ, to set the example for others, and to live their life the way that, that the Scriptures would have you live them. They did not have easy lives in the New Testament. No. Not a single one of them. How many of the apostles died a peaceful <laughs> death? One. History tells us one. <laughs> possibly, possibly there's a second, but there's not a lot of evidence for that. But most would concede that John probably got to die of old age. Yeah, in exile. But in exile, true. <laughs> but still okay. writing letters. Still writing letters. Yeah. <laughs> still preaching. He might not had an audience right there, but he found a way. I think it's, I think it's funny too. You mentioned that he was writing letters, and uh, some of the messaging in, in Revelation is is cryptic because he knew he's in exile. He knew other that Romans were reading his letters well, as sure. he sent them out. So you got to kind of be careful about how you word some things. So Absolutely. But, yeah. I think Absolutely. we get tripped up on that sometimes. We take we take some things in Revelation very literally when he was writing for a specific purpose and in some cases directly criticizing Rome. But... Another topic for another time. There you go. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's important to have to have goals. Um, I think another thing about New Year's resolutions that I want to bring up is that a lot of times when we talk about New Year's resolutions, we have these real haughty goals in mind. And I was talking to Lexi about this today. I was and I, I'll share my New Year's resolution later. But I was I was asking Lexi. I was like. What are some things that people have or come up with as New Year's resolutions? You know, where everybody's on social media, everybody posts. Nobody has a secret anymore. Yeah. But Lexi said, well, you know, people always say that they want to they wanna exercise more. They want to exercise for 30 minutes every day as a New Year's resolution. And I said, okay, think about that. You're trying to bind yourself for 30 minutes every day every single day to do this. Does that not seem daunting? And she said, yeah, which is why I'm, didn't, I'm not doing that. <laughs> but Same anyway, like my wife. But yeah, it's like, you know, you don't, you can make these resolutions, but make sure that it's manageable. Make sure that it's something that you can accomplish um, in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, if it's developing a new habit, you know, that's one thing. There's only one way to develop a new habit, and that is by doing it. But if you're talking about, you know, trying to, even with trying to make habits, you can do things, instead of exercising for 30 minutes every day, you can get up and go for a 10 minute walk every day. Or you can go for a 30 minute walk every other day. Or on Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. You know, it doesn't have to be so daunting of a task or such a dramatic change or, or big goal. You know, you can do little things that will help you grow a long way in terms of disciplining yourself. You know, when we first moved here, we talked about the fact that, that uh, the house that we have in the location that we have is it's very convenient here yeah. to those that, that worship here with us. 
and uh, we wanted to have folks in the house. We wanted the our house to be a place where we get together for fellowship and encouragement for one another, but also a place that, that we would use for evangelism to maybe invite folks to come and, and eat with us and whatnot. And we tried to set up a schedule, and what we realized very quickly is if you try to do that specific thing every week on this day, it works for a while, but then life happens. And you can't meet on that particular day, and you have to move it to another. We experienced that here with UCOM. We had to move to another date to make it where folks could come. So, you know, the goal has to be achievable, and it does need to be one that requires some effort to get to, because anything worthwhile requires effort. But like you said, if you tie yourself down to something that becomes so daunting that you decide, you know what, I just can't do this, and you throw the goal aside, what have you accomplished? Yeah. So and keep that in mind as you set goals. Um, it, I just, uh, in terms of also, uh, I mentioned disciplining yourself, and it, it made me think of something that, uh, some advice that Paul gave mm. to Timothy in First Timothy chapter 4. Uh, he says to exercise yourself or train yourself toward godliness. Notice Paul did not say be godly. He said train yourself, exercise yourself. Put in the effort and work towards this. It's not something you have to, that you're going to be able to do all at once. But you train yourself, you practice, you discipline yourself, and commit yourself to it, and you work towards godliness. Yeah, the Christian life is definitely not a sprint. It yeah. is definitely a, a, a marathon, and, and I would present to you, it's probably like the Iron Man. Yeah. You run, bike, you run, swim. Run, bike, swim. Yeah. And you may be better at some of it than you are others. And uh, I, I also, it's, it's, it's 2 Timothy 4, where Paul says, uh, I've, I've run the race. Like you said, that race that Paul was running was not a sprint. It wasn't a 100-yard dash, a 100-meter dash. This was a marathon that he was running for his entire life. Uh, say what you want about Paul before he was struck blind on the road to Damascus, but... That was a man who was, as far as he knew, seeking God and doing God's will. He was always, always, always focused on pursuing godliness. He would have been considered a Jew among Jews. That's what he says. And he wasn't saying that to brag. He was saying, this is how intent I was on doing this thing. And I found out I'm wrong. And now I am this intent on preaching Christ. Yep. Uh, well, Neil, what do you have any uh, any goals that you set for yourself? I have. Um, my wife and I haven't talked about the ones that we're going to do together, so I, I better be careful about what I say that we're going to do. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty certain we're going to try to do better at uh, again using that house we. We have the nicest house we've ever owned in our lives, um, and it is set up to receive guests. It's just built 
for guests. It's a nice house, for and sure. uh, we we want we want folks there, uh, whether it be couples coming in and just encouraging them, having a meal together, talking together. But we really would like to maybe do some some Bible study there, if folks. I know some folks are a little apprehensive of studying sure. at, at quote unquote the church building. <sighs> yeah. So we hope to be able to use that. And that doesn't necessarily mean just folks who um, maybe aren't a member of uh, the church anywhere, but even among ourselves, sometimes it's, it's, I enjoy it, to just sit down and hear other people's perspective. And you'd be amazed at the depth of knowledge that some folks have, even some very young folks, mm-hmm. when you start talking about different scriptures and, and it's really refreshing to hear that. It's, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. Uh, we we live in, of course, what everybody, what has been coined the information age, right? Yeah. This this time where the world is more connected than it's ever been. Even, you know, world governments has always been able, always been able to communicate. But even for the common man, I can talk to somebody in the UK. I can talk to somebody in Japan, Australia. I can talk to people myself literally around the world in an instant and that gives us access to very different perspectives than than the generations that came before us who only had perspective right in their communities mm-hmm. and in their families and with their co-workers you know we have this huge range of perspective of, of how things affect not just me here in the Bible Belt of America, but how things might affect somebody differently in the middle of Tokyo, Japan, or on a dairy farm in Australia. You know, so uh, I think I think we need to really listen and pay attention to, of course, what's going on in the world, but but these young people who have the perspective and have the access to this information um, put more value in in our youth absolutely and develop those relationships that know that that you care that you're interested in their lives and most importantly in their eternal salvation yeah. it, it I think folks don't realize how nice it is for young folks, for some of us with gray hair, I'm one of those, to say something to the fourth, fifth, sixth graders and ask them about their game and, and ask, they, you've been told that they know how to quote a scripture. Hey, I heard you can quote such and such. It just lets them know how important they are to the church, not just mom and dad and grandparents, but this person who is not a member of my immediate family, they don't understand the idea of the family, and they've taken interest in me. And I'm going to tell you what, folks, some of us older folks that, that have hobbies and things like that, you can do a whole lot of preaching and teaching by spending time with folks who have the same hobbies you do. You like to fish? There's a bunch of kids out there who would love to go oh, fishing. Yeah. Take them fishing. Hunting. You, you know, you, you like to get... A, those you play golf, there's lots of young people that would love for somebody to take them play golf. Golf is something that 
I don't know where it came from, but it has become oh, super popular here lately. I don't know if it's become more affordable or... <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I still hear people complaining about how expensive golf clubs are, but man, yeah, people... People my age, people younger than me, people older than me, everybody apparently loves to golf now. I don't know where it came from, but yeah, like you're saying, use those things as ministry tools. How many times do you and I get together and, and we're talking about something and it have you ever thought about and you get into a good spiritual conversation? You can use anything like that. I'm telling you, that's that's the way that we're gonna reach the world now is Yeah taking interest in them, and then having those types of conversations. And I feel like a lot of times we, especially, you know, you say you have gray hair. I'm, I'm getting some gray hair. I see a little bit over there. I see it shining. That salt and pepper coming in. <laughs> uh, but How old are you, Michael? I'm 29. I'll turn 30 in August. Wow. Yeah. Don't feel bad, dude. I had gray hair at 16. <laughs> Uh, I have more hair, at least, than my dad did at this age. Uh, <laughs> As do I. As do I. My dad was already pretty much bald. But anyway, uh, I, I think a lot of times us older folks in the church, more seasoned veterans, even whatever you want to say, we get caught up in church politics. Hmm. In whether that's the preacher versus some long-term member or whether that's one elder versus another or whatever it may be and we kind of blow some things out of proportion and we forget that there are hundreds of souls literally here at Double Springs that are completely unaffected by that and are looking to get fed they're hungry and we're more concerned about who has the right opinion and how we're going to do things instead of feeding the souls that are in those pews. I go back to when the lawyer was testing Jesus. And I'm going to paraphrase and way oversimplify this, but I don't think it's oversimplified either. He just put it this way. If you love God with everything that makes the fiber of your being, and then you love your neighbors yourself, you don't have to worry about all these other things. You don't get into those battles over things that doesn't amount to anything because you're like, you know what? It doesn't matter. We can do it your way this time. Maybe we'll do it my way next time. Or you know what? We'll just do it your way. I don't care. Yeah. As long as it's not against Scripture, obviously. Right. And I think that's something that, that we, older generations, uh, we get so hung up on tradition and the way we've always done things and this and that. And we let that get in the way of doing right by people. We let that get in the way of focusing on our youth and raising them in spirit and in truth. Absolutely. Not just the truth, but also the spirit. Um, and, you know, like you said, or like I said, they, they they have no purview of what elders and deacons and ministers are talking about behind closed doors. Um, well, I'll tell you one that broke my heart. We were having a discussion. I think it was a fourth... Four fifths and sixth graders. And we said something about baptism, and one of the kids said, you know, I've never seen anybody baptized. And I'm like, hmm. ouch. Okay. Yep. I need to wake up, because I didn't realize it. Here this kid is 
what, sixth grade, you're 11? Around that age? Yeah. And you haven't seen anyone baptized? What are uh, what are we not saying that that sixth grader yeah. needs to be baptized? No, but, no, no. But he's he doesn't understand what it involves. What does, that even what does look it look like? like? I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about some other things that that. You know, why why did we do the Lord's Supper or the way we do it? And they they could explain the mechanics, but, but not why. Not why. And I'm like, we're failing. Yes. We're failing miserably. Because we've 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 turned it into what the Pharisees had turned it in. You've got to do it this way. I desire mercy and not a sacrifice. You need to understand why we do it this. Way. Why do we partake of those emblems? What is their purpose? And what does it mean to commune? And I th- I think we need to go back. And, and I think there's probably some of us older folks that need to be reminded. Yeah. What the communion is and why that was used maybe another topic for, that would be a good topic how many are we up to now four <laughs> we need to be taking notes and, yeah well, so here's the deal when we talk about resolutions and how much how are we doing on time uh, running out we're, we're okay we got a couple more minutes I want to throw something out there for folks to chew on never let doing something good get in the way of doing what is right. That's something we need to think about as we make these resolutions. You know, growing growing closer to Christ and to God, excellent resolution. I like that. God would approve of that, absolutely. How are you going to do that? You really need to break that down. I'm going to do better in my prayer life. Yeah. I'm going to do better in teaching my children not only Scripture, but what do those Scriptures mean? What does that mean in our life? How do I live yeah. that out? And I'm going to do better of being the example that I should be, that Paul told Timothy to be. I mean, can you imagine telling a young preacher, you be an example, and he lists all these things that he's supposed to be yeah. an example in. That's a tall order for a young kid like that. In Ephesus? or Yeah, yeah in, in Ephesus? Ephesus. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, for example, I hear a lot of people, my resolution is to read the Bible through. Read the Bible in a year. Yep. I'm I'm with you there. That's great. Ask Glenn McHenry how that's gone in our uh, Sunday morning class in the auditorium. (laughs) Life happens. (laughs) It takes a little bit longer than that. It does. To learn what God's Word says. That's what I'm saying. I challenge you, instead of reading the Bible through in a year, Commit to truly studying scriptures. And it may take you well over a year to truly get through the Bible. If it takes you a year, you've, you've gone too fast. Yeah, you've gone too fast. Really study those scriptures. Especially if you want to start in the New Testament, that's fine. But when you get to those quotations from the Old Testament, go back to those. Understand them. And not don't start at the scripture that it's yeah. talking. You back up till you get the context, and then meditate. That's what Paul told uh, the Philippians to meditate on these things. Yeah, meditate on that. Think about what does that mean? How does those scriptures connect? How and many times what you're going to find that it was a prophecy of Christ. 
how was that how did that be how was that fulfilled here i mean so what did that mean what should that have meant to them how does how does that affect me well the scriptures being fulfilled was specifically for the jews to understand this is god's man he's here this is the one that's been predicted yeah. he's here that proof is now for us too we can go back the gentiles of those days could not go back to those scriptures we can go back and see where Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and all of those prophesied about the Messiah. And then you come to the New Testament and you read about his life and you're like, wait a minute, that, that fits here and that fits there. And what you realize is it was all put in order so that the Jews had to know, especially yeah. those, those that really studied, they had to know. They just they didn't want the Jesus that came. And Michael, that's the problem still today. Folks don't want the Jesus that came. He, 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 the one that, that threw out all of your religious and your rabbinical tradition and all these things that, well, your, your elders have told you this, but I tell you. They didn't want that. They wanted what they had grown comfortable with. Mm -hmm. they, the Pharisees wanted to stay in power. They wanted to have control over the temple and... Uh, the people, and they didn't want Jesus to come and turn the tables over. No. <laughs> they didn't. And, you know, I think of, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of don't let doing good get in the way. It was right. I was slated to, um, I had a class to teach Sunday morning. And I wanted to get there, and it was slick. There was ice on the road. And so I left a little early, Diana, myself, and the kids. And we get up the road a little piece, and there's a lady that slid off into the ditch. Mm -hmm. And I see her on the side of the road. I'm, she was coming the opposite direction that I was. And I see her on the side of the road, and she's literally shaking. It's cold, but that's not why she's shaking. And, I, and we, yeah. Diana and I both re recognize that. So I pulled into a driveway. We both go down there, we check on her, we stay with her till someone gets there. Well, I look at my watch and it's past time. So you've blown that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be teaching a class now. And I, I think, and I bluntly, there were members of the church who attacked me about that. Now, this was, we had cell phones, but I didn't have good service in the area, so I couldn't even call. Up in Kentucky? You didn't yeah. have a good cell phone service? No. <laughs> At my house for sure. But anyhow, and, uh, I, you know, I, I got got fussed at. There was another time that we had a visitor, and they, I was teaching class, and it was the young adult class. And he said, I've got some questions. And he continued to ask questions. Well, I was slated to lead singing that night, Wednesday night. We've got a visitor on Wednesday night who wants to study the Bible some more. Oh, boy. Well, you know where I stayed. I stayed right back there in that room. We opened the Bible and we went to scriptures and yeah. we were talking about those things. And uh, we had plenty of people who could lead singing. So somebody got up and took care of it. But again, I was attacked by quote unquote members because that was the wrong thing to do. I was forsaking the assemblies was, was the, the, both of those. <laughs> we need to talk about Hebrews chapter 10. And, and I said, wow, folks. Quite literally, the woman on the side of the road the Good Samaritan. Go back and read that one. 
we have, and then I had an opportunity to teach someone, and we call it Wednesday night Bible class. Somebody wanted to spend more time in class, and you're upset with somebody who wants to study the Word. You think Philip had better things to do? <laughs> I'm telling you. Can you imagine what the, the those that that were uh, that was? I can't remember where he was. It's gone blank. That'll happen to you when you get my age. <laughs> but Philip is taken away from a place where they're responding in droves. Yep. And he goes preaches to one man out one. in the middle of a deserted place. Yep. Show you how important one soul is to God. And do you know how strong the Christian faith is in Ethiopia? You can almost trace it back to one guy. There is a story that is told of the Crusades. And uh, they enter into Ethiopia and they're confused. They can't understand that these folks understand that Jesus they is the Christ. Is. Oh, yeah. He is the Son of God. They understand that how they're supposed to worship. And they're so confused. And uh, this, was, this was a history class that was... Being, being taught and it was a kid who'd been raised in a church obviously in the back and he said I can tell you why they understood what it was so the Bible talks about the Ethiopian and he went on his way rejoicing he went back there he's the one that preached to them Jesus yep out of the mouth mm. of babes brother out of the mouth and if Philip had said God one man, come on. Look at the number that are responding here. God has a better plan. A bigger plan. Because yep. like you said, that one man. And the Bible doesn't tell us. Maybe others went there and visited later. Maybe other Christians did. I don't know. But we do know that one man went on his way rejoicing to the point that you have the idea just as soon as he gets where he can talk to somebody else, guess what the conversation's going to be. And the thing with you, too, he was... He had the queen's ear. Absolutely. This started from the top down in in this region, potentially, if that's the way we're Well, think about Paul in the Philipp in Philippians where he's talking to them, and he's in jail. And he says, it's actually worked out for the better because I'm getting to preach to the Lawyers, one. judges, yeah. whoever. Yeah. I'm getting to preach to them, and I actually, and you read it in context, he has their ear. They're listening to him. Yeah. So... Just <laughs> when you make your resolutions, make sure it's one that, that let, let God have his way in that instead of just you. Yeah. Well, I think that will, will wrap us up. I won't, I won't share my resolution. Uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just leave it on that note. Okay. All right. Uh, let me throw out one thing. Right, I've been good. using my miniature podium that uh, Jerry also made for me. He has a laser engraver, uh, multiple different verses, but he, he gave me Luke 24 where it talks about that the Christ should suffer on the third day, rise from the dead. I'm telling you, this thing is nice. Instead of your Bible being flat, it's just at the right angle where those of yeah. us who are... <clears throat> You got those lenses that have more than one one spot in them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It makes it easier to read. Yeah. So uh, if you're interested in knowing something about that, he's not really doing it for 
any money. He has to charge a little bit for it, but this is not a sponsor. No, no. <laughs> but he does preach for us, yeah. and he made this for several of the teens. That was his Christmas gift to them. So it's it's pretty amazing, and uh, I just want to give him a shout out. Not only is he preaching for us, but doing things like this and having scripture before them all the time. They'll always remember something that, that Jerry has done. That's developing awesome. those relationships. Yep. That's awesome. All right, Neil. Folks, thank you for joining us. I hope you have as much fun as we do. And uh, hope you'll join us the next time, if all goes well, one week from today. Yep. I'll close this with a word of prayer. Please do. Our magnificent Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And we bring all glory and honor and praise to that name. Father, we thank you for what that name means to us. Uh, we thank you for the person that it's attached to. The one who came and lived as a man and understood what it is to be like us. To know the pain that we feel. To know the joy that we feel. To live a perfect sinful life. And to give himself on the cross so that we could have the hope for heaven. So that we could reap the benefits of what he deserved. Father, we thank you so much for that sacrifice. Father, we pray that you'll go with us into the new year. We pray that we will go with you into the new year. And we can always look to you for strength, for wisdom, for guidance and comfort that we can immerse ourselves in your word, and grow closer to you each and every day. Father, it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen.